remain standing and pray with me. Lord Jesus, how great it is for your family to be gathered here this day to worship you. And Lord, we pray that you will cause us to hear your words today. I pray that you will come and through the preaching of your word, open hearts, open minds, and cause us, Lord, to be ever faithful to you. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. You may be seated. Wow, this is August already. How many of you this week found yourself saying, where has the summer gone? School will soon be reconvening, and we will be finished with vacations and exciting trips to wherever. This has been a very active and exciting summer here at Christ Church for this family. Babies have been born. Babies have been baptized. Families have announced that they're going to be adding additional children to our family soon. Amy Hughes and Elisa Dominguez come to mind. Congratulations to all the new parents and parents-to-be. The Christchurch family is definitely being fruitful and multiplying. <laughs> Thanks be to God. I'm wondering if there's anyone else here today who'd like to make an announcement to the family. <laughs> no? It will come. During this summer, our spiritual father, Father Ben Sharp, and his spiritual son, Deacon Chris Bora, <laughs> have led us in some timely and much-needed family discussions about humanity, about our humanity. Based on their sermons, let's have a family talk today. It seems like yesterday that beginning on June the 3rd, they began the summer teaching series on human anthropology. If you haven't heard their teachings yet, let me encourage you to go to the Christ Church website and listen to them. And it might be helpful to listen to them again, even if you have heard them. Today, with the help of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, I'm going to attempt to help us recall some of the main points presented to us throughout the series, plus think about some things that can apply to our daily lives. Then, with the knowledge of God's desire for us as a humanity, I plan to present a question for consideration. As followers of Jesus Christ, how now shall we live? Now, please be aware, I'm not Father Ben. After all, he is a doctor and much wiser. 
Also, May May thinks he's a lot older. <laughs> neither I, neither am I Deacon Chris. Just look at our physical selves. <laughs> he has hair. Let's get started with the review. <laughs> the dominant view in our secular culture, education, media, public policy makers, entertainment world, and so on, is that we humans have no transcendent value. They believe that human life is of value only in this immediate existence. There is no more they say. So get what you can, as much as you can, and from everybody you can, and then you die. Whereas the Christian view is that God made us in his image and desires to be us to be in relationship with him and with one another. God became one of us when he took on human flesh. And because Jesus sacrificed himself for us, we have been elevated to transcendence. We have life and purpose after death. God's ultimate purpose is for us to be like him, be like Jesus. Jesus is the image of God and is the firstborn of all creation. Jesus is the template of what it means to be truly human. Adam's sin moved humanity away from the model, from the standard. In Christ, perfect humanity and God are one. Perfect humanity and God are one. It is at our baptism that we begin the process of being restored to what it means to be a real human being. We are being conformed to the image of Christ. We will be made perfect in him. In Christ, perfect humanity and God are one. Truly God, truly human, coexist with God and man. All that Christ is, shows God's ultimate purpose for us. He is making us, by grace upon grace, what he is by his nature, turning us into little Jesuses. God is bringing heaven and earth together through Jesus, the true human being. The result? Unending love, joy, pleasure, happiness, as we give ourselves away to each other and God in eternity. Death does not have the final word. Now here's a problem. I realize that God is still working on us. So we have some humanity issues to deal with. All humanity is disoriented in this world. We put ourselves at center, not God. We put ourselves at the center, not God. 
The secular world puts hope in this world and its fruits. The Christian puts its hope in its relationship with God. The Christian's proper relationship is in humble submission to God, which becomes transforming for us. If we do not humble ourselves before God, we will be self-indulgent, stubborn, and prideful. What is the good news? Jesus is the only one who can deliver us from exile or separation from God. It is Jesus who restores honor, love, and peace, and makes us whole, and returns us to a right relationship with God. As Deacon Chris said, a humble heart before God causes us to love others. Jesus' restoration project is a reorientation project to turn us to God and our neighbors. God restores us to himself and then to one another together. It is the orientation of our hearts that matters. Are we looking up to God with humility? Or are we looking down to ourselves with pride? If we are in right relationship with God, we will listen to him and talk to him using scripture and prayer. We will be humble before him and thus exercise humility with others. It is God's purpose to glorify his own creation. There are those in this world who teach that our bodies have no meaning. They say that it is acceptable to try to force our bodies to match our inner self. The reality is that God created us as physical, embodied, engendered persons and saw that his creation was very good. God took on a human body, thereby blessing and making holy flesh and bones. God made us male and female and saw that it was very good. God, by uniting with man in the person of Jesus Christ, demonstrated an eternal exchange of love. Man the husband, and woman the wife are the image of God being married to his church. That union demonstrates that God's very being is love. We do not, in our natural, reflect the glory of God. It's because of original sin that we humans commit genocide, sexual assault, and exploitation of others. We are a rebellious people in our natural state. We all come into this world predisposed to rebellion, thereby harming ourselves, our neighbors, and society. We are infected by the power of sin which dominates us and causes us to put ourselves in place of God. In and of ourselves, we cannot choose to do right. We are powerless to change our sinful state. The good news, God gave us a Savior. Jesus Christ, truly God, truly man, who brings life to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
God came to make dead people alive. God's love and desire for you is greater than you can imagine. Now the work of God is a lifelong process of sanctification. Little by little, day by day. Only our absolute dependence upon God can save us. Only our absolute dependence upon God can save us. Our dependence on God affirms our need to have a restored relationship with, with Jesus. While Jesus restores our horizontal relationship with one another. Oftentimes our Christianity gets in the way of our relationships with others. Especially in the way we deal with sexuality. We are all sexual sinners who need sexual reorientation. We are all sexually disoriented because of the fall of Adam and Eve. Now it's not an us versus them scenario. I need to look at me first. I must repent of my sexual sins. Jesus said, take the log out of your own eye before you attempt to take the splinter out of your neighbor's eye. Jesus did not come to make us heterosexual. He came to reorient us to God to save sinners. Christ's broken body is the resolution to our brokenness. God's kindness leads us to repentance for our own sins, which is necessary before we can become effective carriers of the gospel. The followers of Christ are to be at war against the flesh and the devil, not against one another. Jesus redirects our understanding of humanity by pointing us to the creation story. After God's creation of male and female, he gave them the commandment to have babies and exercise dominion over creation. Sexual marriage results in a unity of bearing new life and links us to the image of God. Children are a blessing and a heritage from the Lord. Children cause us to move away from self-love. This is one way God makes us more like him. God's plan for the care of the earth did not include contraception. It has a negative impact on our environment and childlessness is bad for society. It contributes to economic stagnation and social disintegration. I am personally aware that all couples cannot conceive. Sarah and I are adoptive parents. Children of our own flesh and blood could not be more precious to us than our daughter and son. Whether we conceive or adopt, or are childless, each of us can share in the joy of childbearing and rearing when we participate in the water baptism of little ones in this church family and when we promise to assist their parents raise them as followers of Jesus. Father Ben said, water is thicker than blood.
So now here comes my little part. So as followers of Jesus Christ, how now shall we live? How do we utilize what we have learned from Father Ben and Deacon Chris? Let's look to the scriptures proclaimed to us today. From the gospel according to John we heard, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and life was the light of men. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. And then we heard, read for us from the Colossians passage. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Of course, these writings are referring to Jesus. The central event in the history of the earth is when Jesus became human. Now, I'm going to list for you a few of what I think are non-negotiables for followers of Jesus. As followers of Jesus Christ, we must acknowledge him as the creator of our universe. As followers of Jesus Christ, we must acknowledge him as truly God and truly man. As followers of Jesus Christ, we must acknowledge his self-giving love, which resulted in his grace being poured out upon us. As followers of Jesus Christ, we must acknowledge that God's grace upon grace was manifested in his reconciliation of all things to himself through the blood of his cross. These are the truths which we must understand and apply in our everyday lives. We must stand ready to defend the attempts of our modern culture to diminish the story we must be ready to speak into the lives of non-believers how the story of God's love is the answer to the problems of our society. We must learn to actively defend our faith. I commend to you other actions which I believe followers of Jesus Christ must employ in their daily witness. Today we heard from Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command to you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. I am convinced that if you go back to the Christ Church website and listen again to the summer sermon series, you will develop a greater understanding of why you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Now, just as important as it is that you claim these truths for yourselves, as the scripture just read says, you shall teach them diligently to your children. The future of Christianity in our society may depend on our willingness and daring to speak the truth. Most significantly, though, is how will your children and grandchildren handle these truths. They must have your instruction and examples to follow. They are the emerging church of today and certainly the church of tomorrow. May we bring them up so that in the days to come they will demonstrate in their lives and with their voices, demonstrate in their lives and in their voice with their voices the following excerpts from the psalm we said together today. Can you just imagine your children and grandchildren saying, The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. The heavens proclaim his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. For you, O Lord, are most high over all the earth. You are exalted above all gods. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, and give thanks to his holy name. How now shall you live? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.